On today's episode, we're going to answer the question, what is a doula? Hello, welcome, and thanks for joining us on another episode of Doula to Doula, where we talk about pregnancy, birth, motherhood, and the doula life. I'm Exie Bueller, a certified labor and birth doula and childbirth educator. I'm also a licensed and board certified massage therapist and owner of Tranquil Touch Therapeutic Massage for Women. My co-host is Chana Vaughn. She's a doula in training, just beginning her journey as a birth professional. Together, we're going to help give each other support, growth, and see how we apply our doula skills in everyday life. We hope you enjoy the show. So the first time I heard the term doula was back in 2003, 2004, during my time as a massage therapy student at Irene's Myomassology Institute. I was taking a labor massage class, and one of my fellow students shared what she had just learned at a doula workshop she'd attended. I was fascinated by both what she shared and the fact that I had never heard of such a thing before. So Chana, can you briefly explain to our listeners what a doula is and what types of doulas there are? Sure. So a doula is typically um, a woman that provides support to a woman um, during and after childbirth and labor. So there are typically two types of doulas. One would be a labor and birth doula, and the other one would be a postpartum or afterbirth doula. So for a labor or birth doula, uh, that's kind of the more traditional sort of doula role, and that's where you provide support to a pregnant woman, um, and you really provide like emotional support to her, and you typically go on call while she is giving birth or shortly before, depending on what sort of contract that the client would have. So she joins uh, the labor with the mother and she helps. Usually there's a hospital system involved, so she would help the mother and partner navigate through that process as well. She's just there really to support and encourage and be kind of that constant through the labor and delivery process. And a postpartum or afterbirth doula would be someone that would tend to the mother and baby after birth, make sure that everyone is healthy and happy, um, and also kind of help with the tasks that don't stop in normal life after you've had the baby, even sometimes doing laundry, running errands, preparing meals, or even helping with some of the um, other children in the household. So really it's just like a camaraderie for the mother to help her with anything that she may need. And do postpartum doulas also help like with feeding or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, typically they would help with lactation process and um, help the mother, you know, to try to get the baby's latch going on. So it also can kind of double as a lactation consultant, depending on what the postpartum doula has studied. Okay. So as I said earlier, I'm a labor and birth doula, and that's what you're training for now, right? That's right. So how did you first hear what a doula is? I kind of mentioned mine was in massage school. Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like I first heard about it probably during one of my prenatal classes that I took. But the part that resonated me when I know for sure I found or I heard the term was when I was in labor with my firstborn, my daughter. Uh, the nurse that was helping me, I noticed she was very attentive and she was really just kind of like by my side. And she said that she was studying to become a doula. And that is wow. when I found out what the golden word counter pressure meant. <laughs> she applied yep. that counter pressure and just really helped me out. So, Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that birth when, in another episode, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to tell everyone about it. Sounds good. Now, so did you end up, you mentioned that your nurse for your first birth was kind of like a doula or was she was training. Um, so she performed some doula things that some nurses might not be equipped or able to offer because of time or administration responsibilities. Did you have a doula for the birth of your next child? Unfortunately, I didn't. And still to this day, I kind of like do the forehead smack. <laughs> like, why didn't I do that? When I saw how big of a benefit what it was. But unfortunately, I didn't have a doula that was, you know, that I had a relationship with for either of my pregnancies, which hindsight, I totally would have changed that because I believe after seeing the benefit of it, that there should not be a birth without a doula. It just... yeah the two of them it's like peanut butter and jelly you know it just <laughs> to, birth and doulas, and doulas. <laughs> right yeah I can definitely appreciate that I didn't have a doula with me either I had um well in both births I had friends who accompanied us and I also will be sharing my birth stories in a future episode but yeah I can definitely see where having somebody who had the training would have been very helpful in addition to just the being a third person yeah. there even just the emotional support I really would have benefited from I think because it's, it's something when there's someone there with you that has experienced a birth before and they know how to support you in a different way than the, a medical professional I think you just get that extra confidence boost that you need to go ahead and go through and deliver. Yeah. And one thing about uh, labor and birth doulas is it's that I take very seriously as a doula myself is that continuous labor support. Usually in a hospital setting, you will have nurses who work shifts. If your provider is part of a group, you can't guarantee that the one you have bonded with is the one that's going to actually be available. Mm -hmm. So that continuous labor support um, next to the woman or the birthing person and her partner is what makes doulas so special. Yeah. That's how I feel. I agree. So I went through a shift change with the nurse that I had and she, you know she was amazing she was had that tennis ball and applying that counter pressure and then boom shift change and she's gone and I get a nurse that's not as hands-on you know no nothing negative towards her but 
having had that level of support and then it being gone, I definitely felt a difference. Yeah, yeah, it does make a difference. Mm -hmm. So if anybody out there is interested in finding out what's included in my labor and birth doula support and wants to request a free consultation or request a birth class, they can find all that information at TranquilTouchForWomen.com. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the history of doulas. So I'm Asian, and I know that there is an Asian tradition of 40 days of laying in after you have a baby, where the mother is fed certain foods, and almost like there's an afterbirth care. Somebody comes into the home and does the cleaning and the cooking and things like that. So Chana, what can you share with us about the history of doulas? Well, like you were saying, Exe, many cultures have a long history of supporting new mothers and then being cared for by relatives or neighbors, even including like cleaning or cooking for her, which really allows her that time to focus on feeding baby and bonding with baby. And even as just as important is healing because the body is mm-hmm. in such a fragile state after delivery. So yeah. Dana Raphael, um, she's an anthropologist. She adopted mm-hmm. the word in her 1966 uh, dissertation and defined a doula as one or more individuals, often female, <laughs> who mm-hmm. gives psychological encouragement and physical assistance to a newly delivered mother. So that role has evolved over time, and there are also doulas now who specialize in stillbirth, end of life, or termination of pregnancy. Um, It's most commonly recognized in the realm of pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum or afterbirth period, though. Yeah, I I know that those further specializations of doulas Um, everything ranging from doulas who actually I I just kind of learned this and it's weird that it was a new thought for me was a doula who only attends during the pregnancy so she's just you know especially for maybe a single person who's going through pregnancy alone which happens unfortunately more commonly than we might think the pregnancy doula will be with her for all of the checkups at the at the doctor's office or midwife's office and kind of walk through that process with her. And even birthing people who aren't single and going through it could still benefit from having somebody go with them through that whole pregnancy and attend those visits with them as like a third set of ears. So, you know, with, for me, I've always been available for my clients to talk to me and I encourage them. I want them to call me after their checkups. But yeah, this whole kind of range of what doulas do is it's quite amazing. It is. It encompasses so many different areas and you know, pregnancy and childbirth is one of those things. You can read about it, you can you can anticipate it but until you experience it you know you don't really understand it you don't get the the full grasp 
of what it entails. So doulas and their support, regardless of the stage of pregnancy or labor, um, it's such a beautiful thing and it's such a wonderful relationship to have. Yeah. So specifically talking about uh, doulas who attend labors and births, what are some of the benefits of having someone who, who is part of your team that way? Oh, so many. <laughs> I was going to say, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, studies have actually been done about the doula support and client relationship. And it shows that there's a decreased use of synthetic oxytocin, which could be Pitocin in, in here in America. Right. And that decreases the risk of cesarean sections, um, can lead to an increase in satisfaction of the birth experience, and it increases in likelihood the chances of having a spontaneous vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. Also, the Cochrane Review looked at 22 studies examining the effects of continuous labor support, and the conclusion was that all women should be offered continuous labor support. And I stand by that. I believe that. (laughs) I agree. I think it's a, a, it's a really helpful, you know, birth changes you, whether it's your first child or your third child going through that process, it, there's a kind of transformation that happens and for both the birthing person and her partner, and having that continuous person walk that journey alongside of you, it, it really does make a difference. And the more relaxed and supported and, dare I say, comfortable a birthing person is through that process, the better the process goes. We've talked about the benefits of doulas, but what are their real roles? What is their real responsibility? Because I know when I go into a birth as a doula, I try to make it very clear that I am non-medical support. I'm not going to take heart tones or blood pressures or anything like that. So what would you say as a new doula, as a training doula, what are some of the roles and responsibilities that you would explain to somebody else who's looking at having a doula? Well, it's a support role. You know, you're there, you're supporting the mother and the partner um, emotionally, physically, if need be, by, like I said, counter pressure, my favorite thing. <laughs> Even position changes or assisting the partner if they if there's something that they need. Um, it, it can make the nurse's job easier. You're there kind of to be an ally for them. And, you know, if they need a cup of ice or anything like that, you can also do those things. But education is a Mm -hmm. huge part of it. Educating the client and their partner and helping them make the decisions that would give them the the birth that they desire if possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing being, uh, I remember you mentioned previously that the word advocate <laughs> oh yeah and <laughs> I have a little thing about the word yeah. advocate yeah. as far as doulas go yeah but you know it's helping your client giving them the resources that they need to make an informed decision so that mm-hmm. when they are you know in the middle and going through the birthing process they know what their options are and mm-hmm. 
they're able to make wise decisions based on the options that are presented to them regardless of the environment that they're in, whether it's in a hospital setting, at home, or at a birthing facility. Yeah, yeah. I I like to say that I hold space for the birthing person and her partner to kind of create a birth bubble around them. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, the more relaxed a person is, the more open they are, the more supported they're feeling, the better things progress. Mm-hmm. And one of, like you had mentioned, making assisting the, the nurses, right? So nurses do an amazing job, and they have a heavy responsibility. So if I can kind of keep the couple in their birth bubble, and if the nurse comes in to see how things are going, I can just say, oh, well, You know, she just went to the bathroom and she changed positions and now she's been like this and her contractions have been, you know, increasing in intensity. We're starting to hear vocal changes. Usually the nurse is like, oh, that's great. And then they turn around and leave. And the couple's not even aware of that, which is ideal. Going back to the whole advocate thing, because I think we were talking about this before we started recording. Mm -hmm. So... I have a patient advocate. That's my husband. And in most relationships, it is the significant other who's going to be the one making any medical decisions for you. Mm -hmm. So I always feel like if I were to call myself an advocate in a way that's inserting myself into that role that's legally not mine. So what I try to do, like you had mentioned, education and information being so important is giving the tools to the birthing person and her partner, whoever that is, to be able to advocate for themselves. And then I can always make it clear to the staff. Once they say it, then I can say, oh, remember they said they didn't want that. Or remember they said they were going to wait. And that way, I'm just there literally as a support for their decisions. And so I have issue with the word advocate being used as far as my role as a doula. Mm -hmm. And it's like we had talked about the saying, if you give a man a fish, he eats for that meal. And I know I'm getting the saying wrong, but if you teach him to fish, he can eat for his life. And it's the same thing because these parents are going to go off and they're going to face decisions fairly quickly with doctor's visits for their children, for schooling and things like that, where they're going to have to advocate for their children and they're not going to have somebody else there to do it. So if we teach them how to do that themselves, then those are tools that they can take for their whole parenthood experience. So I don't want to get everybody upset with my personal issues with the term advocate, but that's why I have a strong feeling about it. Which is, you know, understandably so. The way that you describe it, it makes so much sense. You know, everyone needs support. I don't know of anyone that doesn't need support. So being able to have and even have reminders of the decisions that you have made prior to checking into that facility um, 
you know, I always say my, I run on short-term memory. <laughs> so having someone to remind me, oh, do you remember you said that you didn't want to say that or did, didn't want to do that? I think that that's really helpful. There's benefit just in that alone. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So you had mentioned emotional mm-hmm. support, and that's even more important now during this oh, pandemic. Sure. So we're seeing most, some hospitals are letting doulas come in, but some aren't. So that emotional support that the doula can give, especially for the partner, mm-hmm. right? Because the nurses are in and out of the room. So many times the partner is going to be on their own to support that birthing person through. And if the doula is available virtually, then, you know, we can let that partner know what's within the realms and the variations of normal. Like, Mm -hmm. that's okay. She's doing fine. You're doing great, you know, and just kind of let them feel confident in what they're doing. So we're going to wrap up. And just in case anybody missed it the first time, if you want to see in detail what I offer as a labor and birth doula support person or request a birth class, you can do that at TranquilTouchForWomen.com. Now, Chana, we changed what we were going to do for our second episode. We did. What are we going, what are our listeners going to be able to hear? So we are going to be talking about our birth stories, Um, both spontaneous births, and then we'll be getting into, uh, since you and I have both experienced an induction, we'll start talking about our induction stories and how both of those experiences, or all of our experiences combined, um, helped us to decide that we wanted to become doulas. Yeah, yeah. Every birth is different. Every birth. And so we're going to do our first babies in episode two. And then we'll have an episode about inductions to introduce episode four, which will be about our second babies, which were both induced, but what, like a decade apart? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) It'll be interesting to compare the two. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. So thank you so much for joining us on our flagship episode of Doula to Doula. Subscribe now so you don't miss our next episode. Yay, I'm so excited. And everyone, we will see you in three weeks. (laughs) All right. I think that was good.
today's episode, we're going to answer the question, what is a hero? 